The Irish Times Inside Politics podcast is going to be holding another live event. This one is in central Dublin on Thursday, May the 16th at 8am. We are going to be in Medley in Dublin too. We only have a few tickets left, so if you want to join me in conversation with head of Ipsos polling in the US, Cliff Young, along with Pat Leahy and Jennifer Bray, looking at the polling in Ireland in the run-up to the European and local elections, just go to irishtimes.com events where you can get your tickets. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's Friday, February the 7th, and you're very welcome to the Inside Politics podcast from the Irish Times. I'm Hugh Linehan. Before I start, I do want to thank all the listeners who have already filled out the survey, which we put up on Thursday evening. It is really helpful for us to know what you think of the podcast and what you'd like us to do to improve it into the future. And if you haven't done that survey yet, you can go to irishtimes.com slash podcast survey and have your say, because we really are very keen to hear your views. So once again, that's irishtimes.com slash podcast survey. Um, tomorrow, Irish voters are going to go to the poll to elect the members of the 33rd Doyle. The national campaigns of the parties are wrapping up at the moment, although there will be plenty of frantic last-minute activity at local constituency level over the next few hours. The broadcasting moratorium has kicked in, so we won't be hearing any last-minute promises or accusations on the airwaves, but that moratorium doesn't apply to us here at the Irish Times, and we'll be continuing our podcast coverage right up to this evening. Joining me in studio today are our political correspondent, Harry McGee. Thank you, Hugh. And I'm also joined, first time uh, f- first time speaker, if not a first time listener, by Damien Cullen, whose day job is as editor of the Health and Family section of the Irish Times. But that's not why we're here today, Damien, although we may need some help with our health and our families by the time all this is over. Are you? Tell us why you're here, because you have, you have other caps and you'll have another duty. It's all hands to the pump, obviously, this weekend in the Irish Times, and you have some experience in election coverage. Well, in a previous life, I suppose, I was on the news desk and, and was the maybe the go-to guy when elections came around, doing quite a lot of... You like to think he was the go-to guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was. I'm Jack. It was the badge I... guy on the desk. It was the badge I insisted on wearing and uh, uh, just organising. There's a huge amount of organising obviously involved in, in covering an election and that. So so we have a system um, with the very opposite name of NERD uh, and I think it's fair to say you're a bit of a nerd yourself when it comes to this stuff. The, the system describes the people who put the nerds together and the 
name of it itself, uh, which is kind of, it's it's basically the new election results database. And that's what we come up with, the nerd, with a bunch of nerds in a room celebrating that name. All nerding out <laughs> on the nerd. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. I just want to briefly actually just lay out the roadmap of how events are going to unfold over, over the weekend. The voting obviously is already underway on offshore islands, but polling stations on the mainland will open at 7am tomorrow and they will stay open until 10pm. And as soon as those polls close, the Irish Times will be publishing the results of its Ipsos MRB exit poll which we're conducting this time in association with RTE, TG Cahar and with UCD and that should give us a very strong indication of the overall party vote share and then at 9am on Sunday the first ballot boxes are opened and the count centres and the great Irish ritual of counts and calculating quotas and rolling tallies coming in, all that begins and we'll be covering every single minute of it. I'll even be returning to live blog duties for the first time since the US presidential election and look how well that turned out Harry. Very well indeed, it was you who were behind it. I've taken off my shoes, by the way. I'm not trying to make myself too comfortable, but I realise that I start kicking my chair when I make some searing and acute uh, political observation and it affects the kind of, it distorts the kind of the sound quality of the podcast. Thank you for that insight. Yes. <laughs> so you'll have silent shoes, if not a silent Harry, during Be- the course of this before podcast. Before we start, both of you guys have nailed your colours to the mast with all kinds of predictions and we want to kind of set one against the other in, in a little while. But I just wanted to raise one very interesting article that Marie O'Halloran has in today's Irish Times, Harry. And it's it's with Sean Donnelly, who I suppose is to Irish elections as Gandalf the Grey is to Middle Earth or Albertus Dumbledore is to Hogwarts. He is the greatest and the good, goodest of the great and the good. And he has a point about transfers uh, and how important transfers are. I mean, they are important, but the point that the net point that he makes is that if you look at those who are elected, usually, say if it's a five seat constituency, more often than not, the first five after the first count are the five who will be elected. Well over 90 percent of times. So the subsequent counts is something just kind of prolonging the agony uh, for those who are teetering and prolonging the agony for those who think they might have a chance and then realise that they don't have a chance. Of course, there are always some uh, exceptions. And in the last election, uh, the ones that come to mind are in uh, uh, Dublin Central, where Maureen O'Sullivan finished quite uh, a way down the pecking order uh, and had actually gone home uh, to, to, to join with her uh, supporters uh, to commiserate. And then they got a call from the uh, election count centre to say, come back in quickly. It looks like you're going to win a seat. And in the end, she just pipped uh, um, uh, Gary Gannon at the post and won a seat. I think something similar happened in Dublin South Central, uh, where Breed Smith came with a very late run on the back of transfers to beat Catherine Arda. I think in Dublin Rat Down, uh, uh, Catherine Martin from the Green Party relied very heavily on transfers. I mean, some parties are more uh, transfer well, friendly. All those, than all those candidates, you can see how they'd be transfer attractive candidates. Absolutely. Uh, and it, it's not for every election. I think in that particular election, all, all of them uh, were Galway West. I think Hildegard Nocton came from behind Trevor O'Cloherty from Sinn Féin. He did very well in the first count. But one of the problems that Sinn Féin has had in the past, I don't know if it will hold for this election, is that it needed to be high in the first count to ensure that its candidates were elected. Well, and interestingly, Sean, Sean Donnelly in this in this same article makes the point that what used to be called Sinn Féin's transfer toxicity has been reducing over the course of the last three or four elections. And at, as each election arrives, they're getting better transfers from the other parties. Oh, yeah, I think they'll get way more transfers this time. And one good straw in the wind for that 
was the Dublin Midwest uh, by-election in November, uh, where its very good candidate, Mark Ward, attracted a, a lot of transfers through all the counts. So this notion that Sinn Féin uh, can't rely on anybody after count one is probably going to be consigned partly to the past. So here's here's the thing, Damien. From the point of view of the voter, when I go into my polling station in Dublin Bay North tomorrow and I'm confronted with, I think it's going to be 18 candidates um, competing for five different seats, I will go all the way from one to 18. It's the way I've always done it ever since I started voting. And there may be just be a bit of virtue signalling to myself about it that I think I'm maximising whatever potential my vote may have. And I have a certain way of doing it because I really don't care that much beyond about six or seven. Uh, and I don't think it's going to have that much impact until you get down right to the end and I'm making a choice. Do I want to pick the cretin or the crook as being the very last one on my list? My wife always um, votes the opposite way around. She, If there's 18 candidates, she'll put number 18 first as the candidate that she least wants to be elected. It's a good way and to do then, it work her way back to almost surprising herself with the two that she's left and deciding which one she's going to give one to and which one she's going to give two. It's sort of more enjoyable, isn't it? Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Marie's um, article is very interesting, but it's a bit like saying... um, you know, if if uh, I'll bring a sporting analogy straight in, if you're a really strong team and you're winning really well at half time, which is the first count, you're probably going to win the match, which is the way. I mean, there's lots a of statement of the bleeding obvious. Right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, we you know, that's that's the way it happens with most of them, like, you know, Kerry or whatever. There's a five seater, the five top people, very popular. They're obviously going to attract a decent number of transfers anyway mm. yeah. but mm. you have I mean the exceptions as Harry said like people like Jan O'Sullivan down in Limerick City who finished fifth I think after the first count Kieran O'Donnell was in front of her from Fine Gael and then there was a people before profit candidate that had to be eliminated at the end so you can see why she jumped him at the end and, and won the seat. So we're going to look at a few of these constituencies now. Uh, just to say, first of all, that Damien, you made your assumptions, I think, almost a week ago last weekend. Yes, almost a week ago. And so last Harry, Sunday. you made yours when? Um, I actually made my assumptions after our poll on Monday night, but before the debate on Tuesday. Grant, so they're four or five days ago now, and I'm sure that you might want to adjust slightly since then, but let's work on those. Those are the sh- snapshot in time, your your best guesses at that moment in time on Sunday and Monday or, the, or, or thereabouts. Uh, let's... Turn to a few constituencies. The first one is Dublin Bay South. How are you calling that, Harry? Well, I called it uh, two Fine Gael, uh, one Green Party and one Fianna Fáil, so unchanged. But I, I think in the last few days, maybe the dynamics will change a little bit on that. I think the big threat uh, to Fine Gael, uh, holding a second seat comes from, uh, in the first instance, from Kevin Humphreys of the Labour Party, uh, who's based down in the south inner city. Uh, Sandy Mount, Ringsend, has a very strong base there, was the last person standing in 2016, despite the tide going out for the Labour Party. And I think has a good chance of perhaps taking out one of the Fine Gael seats. The unknown there is Sinn Féin. Uh, the Sinn Féin surge has to be recognised uh, and represented in even a kind of a blue constituency like Dublin Bay South. But I really can't see Chris Andrews, former Fianna Fáiler, by the way, um, um, making it. And in fact, actually, his transfers were a huge boon to Jim O'Callaghan, the Fianna Fáil candidate in the 2016 election. So uh, on balance, I think it's going to be close. I'm, I was calling it two Fianna Gael, one Green they, and I one mean, Fianna Fáil. The, the other question in this is Eamon Ryan is anticipated to have a huge surplus because going by the local elections, you know, candidates like Hazel Chu in the same constituency got, got, got huge votes, Damien. So there might be a question of where that green surplus goes and that might be what gets Kevin Humphreys over the line. Yeah, I don't think we can see Eamon Ryan's surplus going to Jim O'Callaghan or Owen Murphy. So 
uh, yeah, I, I call it for, uh, one for each. I call it one Fianna Fáil, one Fianna Gael, one Green, one Labour. So I give it to Kevin Humphreys of Labour. Uh, I can see why people might think Chris Andrews has a has a really good chance there. But um, and I mean we can't. Uh, 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 discount Kate O'Connell, of course, but so which Finnegan loses out? I, in, I in have your Kate book? O'Connell losing out to Owen Murphy. Uh, yeah, I'd say she'd be more vulnerable. I think it'd be very close. I think Kevin Humphreys will be breathing down her neck. Mm. So Kerry, why is Kerry interesting this time? Um, well, uh, it's interesting for lots of reasons. It's a, it's an always an interesting constituency. Um, with Martin Ferris gone, uh, Pa Daly is there now, and there was some talk of him being vulnerable. I, I don't think he is at all. I think he's he's he'll romp home. He's a strong. Sinn Féin local councillor. He is. He's based year. in Tralee as well, which most of the candidates aren't. So uh, geography matters when it comes to these things, of course. So that, that will make a difference. Um, there was a TG Cahar poll the other day that had Danny Healy Ray um, in trouble. I heard Harry the other day saying that it was a plot by Danny Healy Ray to get to get votes, to get people energised. <laughs> it, it sounds like it will do. I, I think Danny Healy Ray will still come in rather comfortably, even if he needs uh, quite a lot of uh, his brother's surplus. Um, and then the way I have it called is then one Fianna Fáil and, and one Fianna Gael. Harry? Yeah, I, I uh, looked at uh, Kerry as uh, one Fianna Fáil, one Fianna Gael, uh, one Sinn Féin and two Healy Rays. I think the TG Cahar poll uh, has put a slight uh, cat amongst the pigeons in terms uh, of this. It showed Danny Healy Ray only at 4%. Now the sample is smaller and there's a much bigger uh, margin of error which I think is over 4%. So you have to kind of treat it with a little bit of caution. Pat Daly's seat looked, uh, Pat Daly doesn't have a seat but the Sinn Féin seat looked uh, under grave threat it looked gone, didn't it? until a month ago and even Mary Lou Macdonald who was down there conceded that they would have great difficulty in holding it and I mean his uh, showing in the TG Carr poll at 20% uh, which is well in excess of a quota uh, uh, demonstrates the kind of the, 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 the volume and nature of the Sinn Féin surge Michael Healy Ray is also strong it's Danny uh, about whom the question mark um, is and I think what Fianna Fáil did originally because they were looking for a second seat in the constituency was quite clever they uh, asked the very high profile uh, councillor from Tralee Norma Foley uh, daughter of a former TD called Dennis Foley um, to stand and that would kind of put a halt to the uh, Healy Ray Gallop in and around Tralee and North Kerry now uh, John Brazel, the existing Fianna Fáil TD, is from Ballyhigh, just outside the road, uh, up the road. And then their other car- candidate, Norman Moriarty, is from uh, the uh, Ivera Peninsula in, in the south of the county. So um, that looked like a good strategy until the Sinn Féin surge. And once the Sinn Féin surge happened, I think any chance that either Fine Gael or Fianna Fáil, who had both targeted the seat, was going to come to a halt. I think the other interesting thing in the TG Carra poll was that Cleo Murphy the Green Party candidate has emerged out of nowhere and she's showing at 9% in the poll. And if she were to maintain that level or perhaps get 10 or 11%, she would have a real chance of taking a a seat in that constituency. That would be a huge shock, wouldn't it? It's interesting. There have been quite decent poll results for Green candidates up along the Western Seaboard, Galway West, Clare and Kerry. Yeah, this is one of the things that I've noticed in the last week or so of the campaign, that the Green Party campaign in Dublin, even though people were saying Greens were going to make hay in Dublin, uh, to use the non-rural or use a rural expression for a non-rural kind of scenario, um, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's going to actually fully work out for the party. 
But uh, to counterbalance that, I think they might pick up a seat or two in rural Ireland in constituencies where you wouldn't expect uh, Green Party candidates to emerge. And perhaps Kerry is, is one of those. And it's one poll. Uh, but the fact that she is showing strongly will give her and her campaign some impetus. And if there are surprises to be sprung, this might be one of the surprises. Uh, the Greens have a very good candidate in Claire Roisin Garvey, who has emerged very strongly and is definitely in contention uh, for the last seat there. They have chances in Limerick, in Galway West and uh, perhaps in Mayo as well. But that would be a, a big surprise in Mayo if Saoirse McHugh were to come through there. But Cleo Murphy's emergence here in Kerry was the, the surprising facet from that TG Carter poll. It would certainly signal a huge day for the Green Party if they were to win in, in Kerry. And there would be a certain uh, elegant symmetry if Danny Healy Ray was the TD to lose out, given that he's probably the most uh, anti uh, climate crisis action TD in the door. Certainly one end of the scale to the other as far as climate change, yeah. We come now to a constituency and a county, which is, uh, I think it's fair to say it's close to your heart, Damien, seeing as you commute from there every day. Uh, yes, I know a little bit about this this constituency, born, reared and starved in Tipperary. So Tipperary, a very unusual constituency, I think, in a number of ways. A large constituency, a big county, uh, was previously always divided in two. Now it's a, it's a single unit. Uh, you live in Thurlis? I live in Turles, yes, from Lockmore. Uh, it's such a big county that uh, geography really matters in these elections. And I think, you know, when you're looking at opinion polls and, and that they don't really take into account, uh, as Harry was saying uh, earlier about another another candidate, it, it doesn't take into account the huge distance in travel. I was looking at the Tipperary constituency the other day, um, Nina up around where... Alan Kelly is, and down to Carrigan Shore, which might be, uh, say, uh, Melda Goldsbury's um, base, they are uh, 100 kilometres apart in the same constituency. If there's no traffic on the road, they're an hour and a half by car. Hmm. So it's a it's an enormous distance, and that's why you, with the Fine Gael strategy the last time, didn't really work out. Having somebody based in the north and somebody based in the south sounds like a good idea, but then they don't transfer to each other and it doesn't work out quite well. Uh, but well they like did that. make a terrible mess of it all the same. There's no Fine Gael seat in a five-seater constituency. It was if, if, if Fine Gael had a Munster problem the last time out, and they definitely did, it was at its most acute in Tipperary. Simon Coveney can definitely claim resident rights in Tipperary. He's been there so often campaigning for Fine Gael and they're determined to get the seat. Before the, the campaign got underway, I was saying that it would absolutely, definitely get a seat in Tipperary. Uh, as the polling has happened, it's, I've lost my confidence, but I'm I'm still going for a Fine Gael seat there. Probably there's two candidates, Mary Newman and, and Garrett Ahern. I think Garrett Ahern, as the former mayor of Clonmel, probably has the edge. Uh, so, and Seamus Healy might be the, the five sitting TDs are going for re-election, of course. He might be the one that's at most vulnerable. Uh, Michael Lowry, Matty McGrath are probably Safe home and hosed. Jackie Cal looks, there's three Fianna Fallers going. Jackie Cal looks like the the one that will keep his seat. And I think Alan Kelly probably will will hold on again. There would be something wrong, Harry, with Fine Gael uh, and its... Uh whole programme, wouldn't it, if it couldn't get a single seat in a five-seater constituency in the Golden Vale? Yeah, and there is a, a danger that it might repeat the mistakes it made in 2016 in terms of it has a two-candidate strategy. They both might conspire to get one quota and for neither of them to, to uh, be elected rather than complementing each other, mm. uh, they might cancel each other out and both of them might get knocked out. And there is a real danger that that might happen. I think the independent brand has been kind of receding uh, since 2016 and there will be less 
independence in the 33rd Dáil than were in the 32nd Dáil. And three independent TDs in a constituency sounds like a lot and almost, uh, to use the, the climate change word, unsustainable. Having said that, two of them are, are very definitely Jean Poole candidates from uh, respective parties. Michael Lowry is former Fine Gael. Matty McGrath is former Fianna Fáil. So there would be kind of uh, Jean Poole uh, uh, people from both parties who support both of both of those. I think Jackie Cahill is safe. Uh, Fianna Fáil has a three-candidate strategy, geographically spread out. I think will do enough uh, to retain its seat there. I think Alan Kelly, uh, who survived in 2016. By the skin of his teeth. Yeah, people remember his rather raucous uh, celebrations afterwards. It didn't go down too well with some people, uh, but he has really burnished and kind of consolidated his reputation since he's very high profile. He has the backing of Vicky Phelan, uh, so that kind of reminds people of what he's done in relation to health and the NCH. So uh, I think that he will be re- relatively comfortably elected. And like Damien agreed, uh, like Damien, I agree uh, that the contest and the duel uh, will happen in Clonmel in the south of the county uh, in, and Seamus Healy's seat will be the one uh, that will be contested. And I agree with him that I think that perhaps Gareth Ahern, who's based in Clonmel, uh, might be a little bit stronger placed than uh, than. Uh, um, Julia Newman, uh, sorry, the Mary Mary Newman Julian. It's a bit of a tongue twister, her name. She's a sister, of course, of Kate O'Connell, uh, the Fine Gael TD in uh, Dublin Bay South. I wonder, was it a strategic mistake by her uh, to not to contest the, the local elections last year? Uh, Gareth Ahern did contest him and he did get elected and that might have given him a little bit of an advantage uh, compared to her. But like Damien, as of now, I'm calling it uh, one Fine Gael, uh, one Fianna Fáil, one Labour Party and two independent TDs. Now to somewhere simple and uncontentious, Harry, like uh, Wicklow. I'm just counting 20 candidates. Yeah, very simple. Uh, this gave me terrible headaches when I was trying to uh, determine uh, who who is going to get what seat. What you can say about Wicklow um, at, at this moment of time, again, like a lot of other constituencies, Now, I, I did an initial tally before the campaign started and like everybody else, including Sinn Féin, uh, my uh, my prognosis was predicated on Sinn Féin losing seats and I, I thought the party would have difficulty in Wicklow. It had a poor local election there. It had a poor European election and the party was beset by internal strife uh, that culminated with three of its councillors leaving the party and one of them, John Snell, is actually contesting uh, the election. I thought all of that spelled trouble uh, for John Brady, but no more. Uh, the Sinn Féin surge means that John Brady will be safely elected and could even top the poll. So I think there's going to be a safe Sinn Féin seat. I think there's going to be one Fine Gael seat and one Fianna Fáil seat uh, for sure. And I'd say Simon Harris would probably be my choice as the Fine Gael uh, person and in Fianna Fáil, Pat Casey. So for the final two seats, there's going to be a, uh, a scrum uh, that will probably uh, outdo any of the scrummaging we'll see this weekend during the Rugby Internationals. And you'll have Stephen Donnelly, uh, the second Fianna Fáil TD, involved in that. Very high profile. Yeah, Andrew Doyle, Minister of State, uh, um, who is a Fine Gael TD. Uh, and you will also see uh, others coming into the fray, uh, including uh, the Green Party, uh, Stephen Matthews, uh, the Social Democrats, which is Stephen Donnelly's um, old party, Jennifer Whitmore, uh, a, an independent candidate who has emerged from nowhere and who is representing a kind of older people and the pension issue, the former RTE broadcaster, Valerie Cox. And she has a very high profile. And she uh, also um, 
Uh, she has a show on local radio as well, doesn't she? She, she, with my, she, she, she has, and, and there's been a bit of a tradition of of independents getting elected in Wicklow. I mean, uh, Mildred, her, Fox. Her, Mildred Fox, for example, um, 15 or 20 uh, years ago, the, da- the daughter of Billy Fox, uh, who was a... Um, who was a TD there as as well. So uh, I think it's going to be a, a very interesting battle. I, I think on balance that Stephen Donnelly will probably uh, survive and I have given the fifth seat uh, to uh, um, Valerie Cox just slightly ahead of uh, Jennifer Whitmore and of Stephen Matthews on the basis that if Donnelly, who's based in Greystone, survived, uh, I think that Jennifer Whitmore wouldn't get the seat. If Jennifer Whitmore wins, I think Stephen Donnelly is gone. If Stephen Donnelly wins, I think Jennifer Whitmore is not going to Can win. Can I just ask you something about that? Like the, the Social Democrat vote, probably originally Stephen Donnelly stood as an independent, mm. joined the Social Democrats. I think of it as a certain kind of a vote in terms of the kind of people with the kind of beliefs who vote that way. They tend not to overlap a lot with the kind of people who vote for, for Fianna Fáil. Uh, they tend to overlap a lot more with perhaps the kind of people who vote for the Greens. Is there not a, at least one seat available to either the Green or the Social Democrat in this constituency? Possibly, but I think Valerie Cox, you can't underestimate the the, the, the South, there's, there's a North Wicklow vote and then there's a South Wicklow one. And I think that Sinn Féin will probably do well in the urban areas to the north of the county. Plus, it'll do well in the south as well. He'll pick up votes everywhere. Uh, I think uh, she's based in Greystones, Jennifer Whitmore, and Donnelly is. So if John, if Donnelly did extraordinarily well in, in the 2016 election, and he did well in 2011 uh, as well, and has got a personal cachet, the thing is that he's joined Fianna Fáil. And I think a lot of the people who might have voted for him in 2016 might no longer vote for him. So it's an imponderable to see how well uh, Stephen Donnelly will survive without being either independent or social democrat. It's funny though, Damien, but I he, saw somebody... He has a high um, profile though. Yeah. He's a very high profile. Sure. And I, I just think on balance he would probably survive. I saw somebody giving off on Twitter about the fact that uh, Wicklow never elects South Wicklow TDs. That All the TDs tend to come from the north and the west of the constituency, particularly the north, obviously, where, where most of the population is. Yeah, well, it's fairly imbalanced, all right, but uh, I think it, it might actually kind of stay that way as well. Uh, when I put... When I put it together last weekend, I was I decided uh, after a lot of to and froing to go with the the status quo, which is two each for Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael and and one Sinn Féin. I think if I was doing it now, my hand might waver over Stephen Matthews, uh, the Greens to 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 come in. I, I agree with Harry that if I I think Stephen Donnelly, I think Stephen Donnelly might be safer than than what Harry is saying, but mm-hmm. I think that might discount. The, a social democrat seat in in Wicklow, but uh, I wavered over um, Andrew Doyle uh, bringing in the second seat for for Fine Gael, and if that happened, maybe Stephen Matthews might come in for the Greens. But uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my first answer basically and go for. I mean, this is so marginal. So I mean, I, I don't make any of my predictions in relation to Wicklow with any degree of confidence. It's going to be just uh, such a, a schmozzle there. We'll take that on board. So just as we asked Damien first about Tipperary, because that's his home place, your home place of Galway West is very interesting as well, Harry. I thought you were going to ask me because I'm generally more authoritative and just knowing about all of these things. But no, yes, no, I wasn't. <laughs> I do happen to come from uh, Salt Hill in Galway City and would be very familiar uh, with this uh, constituency. And again, it's actually going to be a very difficult constituency, especially in determining the last seats. What we do know 
uh, without equivocation is that Eamon O'Keefe will win a seat for Fianna Fáil. And we also know that there will be one Fine Gael seat as well. Uh, and that will either be uh, Hildegard Nocton, who showed up very well in the TG Carapol, or Sean Kine, who is the government uh, chief whip. I think uh, this time around, Fine Gael might have difficulty in winning a uh, second seat. They won uh, two seats in 2016 on uh, less of a share of the vote than Fianna Fáil. Uh, that was because of very good uh, vote management between the three candidates they had at the time. And I just think that it would be difficult for Fine Gael, uh, to maintain the level of support they had in 2016. And if they're on 20% or, or less, they will be struggling uh, in terms of transfers. And in 2016, of course, they had uh, very strong transfers from the Labour Party. Derek Noel and the outgoing TD uh, helped essentially Hildegard Nocton get over uh, the line. So uh, then there are two strong independent uh, TDs in the constituency as well. Catherine Connolly, who has taken up the old Michael D. Higgins vote. She's former Labour Party, of course, and she has had a very good uh, 30 second oil. She has had a very prominent role on the PAC. Uh, she's well got in the city uh, where she used to work as a barrister. And she's also well got in Connemara as well. She has uh, been very active in Connemara over the recent years. And I kind of see it, I find it hard to see Catherine Connolly being dislodged. Uh, the other uh, independent today is Noel Grealish. And he has managed to kind of keep that Bobby Malloy PD seat uh, alive in Galway. He's there since 2000. And two. He's been in the news quite a bit over the last few he months. He has. And I, I feel that the tide has been going out a little bit for him. And I think that the pronouncements he's made in relation to immigration will probably repel as many supporters as it will attract. I think those who supported uh, uh, or who, who protested against the uh, Centre Nuke Ward, he'll get some votes there. He'll get some votes, of course, in his own area, Carnmore, Ormore, uh, to the east of, of Galway City. But I just think that he might struggle uh, this time around. So if there's a Fine Gael and a, a, an independent seat in peril, I think that opens up the door uh, for two candidates in particular, Niall O'Toole of the Social Democrats. He didn't stand in the local elections, did very well in 2016, has run a very high profile uh, campaign and showed up very strongly in the TG Cahar poll. And once you show up strongly in a poll, people say, oh, this guy's a winner and he might have a chance. So I think he has a real chance of winning a seat for the Social Democrats. Pauline O'Reilly from the Green Party, uh, they did very well in the local elections last year. They won two seats on Galway City Council, plus they won a council seat in Connemara, uh, which is Galway West, uh, against the grain, as it were. And she got 10% in the TG Cahar poll and she will be in the mix as well. So in summary, my prediction for Galway West is uh, one Fianna Fáil, one Fine Gael, uh, one Independent, one Social Democrat and one Green Party. That would be, um, I hate to stereotype people, but you know, there's plenty of hippies and uh, alternative ways of living uh, in the in the Galway West county, but in the Galway West constituency, but um, one Socialist Independent, one Social Democrat and one Green out of the five seats in Galway West, Damien? It seems a lot. Uh, I, I actually, uh, I spent a lot of time, look, I don't have any of the knowledge of Galway West that, that Harry does. I looked at uh, wondering whether uh, Eamon O'Queeve would be willing to share his vote with his running mate, just a constituency. I think that they traditionally, Fianna Fáil, run three uh, candidates for since time began for God knows wha- what reason but they've they've decided this time to run two and I I thought well you know Fianna Fáil probably have a good chance if the, the polls hand, ha- held up to try and get that second seat um, and Fianna Gael have won I think I think um, Niall O'Toole 
has a brilliant chance. I think he he probably will get in, and there might only be one independent seat. I think uh, maybe in Galway West. Um, so social democrats take the independent seat. I think social democrats exactly. Yeah. Now, Fianna Fáil can't be discounted. They had a good election in Galway City, where they did very poorly in previous local elections, and did well generally in in the county council. But their vote management has been poor in the past. And they, even though, as I said, they got a higher percentage than Fine Gael in 2016, they only ended up with one TD as opposed to two uh, for Fine Gael. So the, 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 the vote management will have to be uh, rigorous. And the other thing that needs to be taken into account is even though she didn't show up very strongly in the poll is Sinn Féin. Mairead Farrell, who is relatively high profile, is a Sinn Féin uh, candidate. And she lost her city council seat last year but a little bit like Johnny Mythen in Wexford, who I think is going to win a seat, I think, you know, that she can't be discounted. And again, like a lot of other five-seater constituencies, all of these calls are very marginal uh, indeed. And, you know, there, there, there are things that happen even in the last couple of days of the campaign that can be determining uh, uh, e- even on a local fac- factor. And, you know, I, I my own guess for, 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 for Galway West, I, I think, is uh, full of caveats as well, as Eamon, Damien pointed out there. Eamon O'Queeve to bring in his running mate and then demand a cabinet seat from Hall. Not going to happen. <laughs> So we had a little bit of argy-bargy in advance about, you know, we can only pick, we can't go through every single constituency in the country and which Dublin ones we were going to pick. We had already talked about Dublin Bay South, the uh, leafy suburbs of, uh, which as we know is a kind of a synonym for, you know, social class. And uh, it was suggested that we should also do Dublin Rathdown and I had to put my foot down as presenter and say, no, we needed to go across the Liffey, reflect the fact that so many people live on the civilised part of the city, which is the north side. So no and, talk about Shane Ross? And, and and I'm not in the mood today for talking about Shane Ross. So I think Dublin Central is a really interesting looking constituency. Yeah, even though Dublin Rathdown is interesting uh, because it was a Fine Gael target. It looks like they're not going to win their two seats now. The Green Party will consolidate there. Are you just going to talk about it anyway? Very quickly. <laughs> Shane Ross... <laughs> Might be in difficulty, but it shows you the the kind of the uh, the asymmetric things that happen during a campaign. This because is what I have to put up with. In suddenly, <laughs> in the last couple of days, uh, Shay Brennan, who hadn't been talked about at all, has been talked about in relation to Dublin Rathdown. It's interesting, but Dublin Central, you're right, is a more interesting constituency because all types of things are happening there. And again, we have this extraordinary battle uh, for the last seat uh, between three or four candidates who seem to be equally. Uh, poised uh, to 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 benefit, and it's very hard to distinguish which of them uh, will edge out the others. The one thing, there's a few things that you can say with certainty about Dublin Central. Number one, it's the constituency of Mary Lou Macdonald, who's a Sinn Féin leader, so she's definitely uh, going to get a seat. She's going to top the poll, and there there, there is an argument that if Sinn Féin had run a second candidate there, they might even have brought two candidates home. I think uh, that Fianna Fáil will probably win a seat. Mary Fitzpatrick has run on a number of occasions. Uh, I think of this time of asking, I think she will probably uh, get uh, elected. Uh, she'd had a very good local uh, election in her uh, Cabra-Glasnevin local electoral area. And I think she'll be able to consolidate on that. And she doesn't have Bertie Ahern to shaft her anymore? No, she doesn't. Now, I... I, I, I ticked a, a, an easy seat for Pascal Donoghue as well, even though he struggled a bit here in 2016 on the basis that he's been Minister for Finance. He's got a huge profile. Uh, he's generally well regarded by uh, within his own party and even uh, by others from uh, opposing parties. 
but it's never been a traditional Fine Gael area. There was a long period before Pascal Donoghue was elected uh, in 2011 where Fine Gael didn't have a seat. And I think the last uh, 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 Fine Gael holder of a seat before that was Jim Mitchell. And that was a very different constituency then. It, was, it stretched all the way out to Ballyfermot. He lived in, he was based in Ballyfermot. So the, the Pascal uh, Donoghue has kind of established a kind of a Sinn Féin uh, 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 anchorage there. Uh, as or it even were. a Fine Gael anchorage. What did I say? Sinn Féin. Sinn Féin, sorry. I've, I'm already forming my coalition's use. Sorry about that. Yeah, a Gael anchorage there. So, I mean, I, th- I think there might be a question mark over Pascal's seat, but I'm still giving him a seat. And then the last seat, there are a number of candidates. And the two strongest, it seems to me, have been Gary Gannon from the uh, Social Democrats, who's a very good councillor and representative who almost made it there in 2016. But then uh, Nasa Hurigan from the Green Party, who has been put out by the Green Party for all of their big occasions and has, be, has did very well in the local elections. Uh, Kieran Cough, who stood in the council there and then became an MEP, did also did extraordinarily well. So they have established a strong presence there. So it's going to be a right ding-dong battle between them for the final seat. And I kind of edged it in the end uh, a little bit towards Nasa Hurrigan, just on the basis of their local, uh, local election performance and then her profile uh, in the past two or three months. Yeah, um, sorry, Damien, but I mean, I, I think Pascal is right to be nervous, but I think um, Harry's right. He's probably going to be okay. The, the, the slight reshaping of the constituency, which took place, brought more middle class votes in uh, in Drumcondra and Glasnevin, which you will benefit from. Although that probably means that Noel Rock will definitely lose out because he lost those those seats to that those votes to that We're constituency. To talk about all the constituencies. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like, that's the way that's coming into the that's side door there. Yeah. But the last seat, it's very, yet again, this is for the third time we're talking about a contest between a Social Democrat and a Green for the, for the last seat in a constituency. Um, what do you think? Uh, well, I give it to Gannon, actually, rather than the Green Party with a very slight nod. I think when we're looking at the results on uh, even the first preference votes, maybe from this constituency on Sunday afternoon sometime, We'll be thinking this is a really big indicator of the mistake, maybe the the understandable mistake that Sinn Féin made in running so uh, few candidates and that Mary Lou is going to romp home and uh, people are going to be wondering why did we not have a a second Sinn Féin candidate in there? It went from a three-seater to a four-seater. So there's there's definitely room there for for another Sinn Féin candidate. Um, But then the question is where where does her surplus go? Where does her surplus go? Yeah, and it 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 will certainly uh, stay on the left, so to speak. Uh, so Gary Gannon and and um, Hurrigan um, from the Green Party will be looking to pick up a lot of those votes. Whoever can get there, it might be one of those ones that um, that uh, that. Uh, Proves the rule wrong about whether you start in the first four seats and you actually stay I mean, hold, there. Hold that thought for a sec, because this, the Sean Donnelly article which you referred to at the top of the po- uh, at the top of the podcast, he actually has he has some numbers on how Sinn Fein transfers from surpluses and so on have have gone in the past. Now, of course, this might change, but most recently he said twenty eight percent didn't transfer at all. Twenty six went internally to other Sinn Fein candidates. That clearly can't happen here. Seventeen went to Fianna Fáil, eight percent to Fine Gael, and five percent to Labour. So that may reflect transfer patterns in other parts of the country. I suspect transfers work differently in rural constituencies like Donegal or Cavan Monaghan than they might do in Dublin Central. I, yeah, I think you're right. I think that if you look at Sinn Féin transfers in urban in the urban scenario, they do tend to go to independents and to those on the on the left. Mm. 
uh, rather than to the, the establishment parties. But then when you go to rural Ireland, where the kind of the voting base is slightly more traditional, uh, you would the, the Sinn Féin vote, vote would be a Republican vote, essentially more than a, a socialist vote. And they tend to transfer to Fianna Fáil. I think a good example of that was Mayo in 2016, uh, when uh, Rose Conway Walsh was eliminated. I think the main beneficiaries of her vote uh, were Lisa Chambers and Derek Cleary of, of Fianna Fáil. You can't really discount uh, Christy Burke either. Christy is former uh, Sinn Féin, even though he's fallen out with the party. So he 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 has done relatively well in 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 Dublin Central, and he might be a kind of a stealthy beneficiary of Mary Lou Macdonald's uh, 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 surplus as well. So, but not a hope for Joe Costello of the Labour Party to return to the job. I, I don't think so. I think there's just too many other candidates, and I think Sinn Féin are too strong. I think he's he'd just be kind of uh, edged out on this occasion. I mean, we're definitely going for Sinn Féin and. Fianna Gale and Fianna Fáil, it's, it's who gets that yeah. fourth seat, I think. And it's again, it's very marginal. I just went for the Green uh, and Damien went for the Social Democrat. OK, guys, I'm going to ask you to call it in its entirety. Harry, what's going to be the breakdown in the next stall? Uh, Fianna Fáil, 55. Fianna Gael, 36. Sinn Féin, 28. Labour Party, 8. Green Party, 14. Social Democrats, 3. Uh, Solidarity People Before Profit, 2. And Others, 14. Damien? I have Fianna Fáil, 57, Fianna Gael, 39, Sinn Féin, 25, Green Party, 9, Labour, 8, the Sock Dems, 4, uh, Solidarity People Before Profit, 2, and everyone else, for uh, 16. Now, as you probably could tell, we could go on and on and on and on with this all the way through all the constituencies. But uh, Declan, our producer, is making increasingly uh, irksome faces at us here. So we're going to have to stop here. But we think that that gives you a taste of some of the kind of key battles that you can look out for over the course of the weekend when, when after the count begins on Sunday morning. Uh, just and one more gentle reminder that if you want to see and hear all the good work which Damon and Harry will be doing over the next few days, you really should pop over to irishtimes.com slash subscribe where you can get all the Irish Times' digital journalism for just one euro for the first month. That's irishtimes.com slash subscribe. Thanks very much to Harry and to Damien for coming in and sharing their wisdom. Thanks to our producer, Declan Condon. Remember, you can find us on all the usual podcast platforms and also at irishtimes.com slash podcast. Drop us an email at politicspodcast at irishtimes.com or at us on Twitter. Keep an eye out for your feeds for Election Daily podcast later. And remember, over the weekend, into next week and possibly beyond, the Irish Times will be bringing you all the results and the news from around the country on the election of the 33rd Doyle. So thanks for listening and we'll talk to you again very soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.